I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinth ways of my own mind. And in the midst of tears, I hid from him and under running laughter. Up vested hopes I sped and shot, precipitated, adown titanic glooms of chasmed fears for those strong feet that followed, followed after. But with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic instancy, they beat, and a voice beat more instant than the feet. All things betray thee, he who betrayest me. You're listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, looking right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could have been, you've decided to be with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How are you doing? Local Bar can be found on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, um, all the places to get you good podcasts, part of the Libsyn Network. If you're a fellow podcaster, look like to follow us over there. We'd like to co-mingle with some of you. If you want to email the show, Chad at Local Bar Media. If you want to follow us, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, localbarmedia.com. It's um, it's kind of a weird day. This is this is my 150th show. Um, that's a uh, it's you know for a show that's been on since 2015. Uh, there should be a few more shows, but uh, give me a break. I give this to you for free. All right, but it's uh, it's a weird feeling. Because I want to spend some moments today talking to you about something that I don't want to talk to you about. But I want to spend some time today talking about something that we all need to hear. This has nothing to do with the current state of social affairs or political ideology that permeates everything that we do every single day. No, it has very little to do with that. I mean, we've seen people have tried to make that permeate every single subject of everything anybody wants to bring up these days. I'm not trying to have anything to do with that. No. I want to talk about something that's a lot more important. I want to talk about something that uh, really politics, religion, science, all those things that we debate about Every every day, they, they will all mean very little. Well, maybe not religion, but you know all that stuff that we talk about all the time, all that stuff that will mean very little when it comes to the conclusion of this thing that I want to talk to you about. And that thing that I want to talk to you about today is your life. I can't believe I'm at 150 episodes. I remember starting this. I've hinted about it before. Let me let me tell you exactly what it looked like. Um, I actually so in the studio now. Oh no no! This table was the second thing. The first thing that I had for 
for the local bar. I was living with my friend Thomas Horton. I was going through my divorce. I had bought uh, this microphone, this same microphone, worth every penny, by the way. If you're someone who wants to learn about podcasting, call me, shoot me an email, follow me on one of the socials and shoot me a, a DM. I will send you the specs of this microphone, worth every penny. But I got this microphone and the stand that it's connected to, a P-filter. I got a, uh, a mixer, and I had my computer. And I, um, at first, had them all connected on a stool, which, by the way, that same stool is still in the studio as well. And then I got a standing desk, thinking that would, that would help, and it would look a little bit more neat. And then a monitor, so it looked a little bit more professional. But it was still, it looked like an overgrown nightside table in my bedroom at our house up on the lake. Nice house. My room was always spotless. But when you looked over on the bedside table, it's kind of like, yeah, what's, a, what's this dude into? Um, I remember setting that equipment up and looking at it for about six months, I'm going to guess. Tried to record my first uh, episode somewhere around uh, August and failed. <laughs> and then tried another one somewhere towards the end of the month, maybe again in September. Didn't like anything that I was doing. And then I went back to my original plan that I couldn't figure out why I got away from anyway. Called an old buddy of mine that I hadn't talked to in forever, and that set everything in motion. And it's it's funny, I, you know... I, I, I brag about it a little bit, but I'm, I'm pretty proud of this show. It's done a lot of cool things. It has done more than anything else. It has showcased some really cool people that have very positive stories. And, you know, I get emails all the time about a show, and I really I don't do this. I should forward them on to the people that have been on the show. That's kind of crappy that I don't do that. I'm just now realizing this. It's always in flux. This thing's always in flux. I probably should because, you see, the reason people like the show is they like what they hear. And, and I, I've, been, I've been proud that this idea has worked. Yay me. That's great. Um, I'm also uh, very thankful of the friendships that I've, I've created through this show. Some, some uh, friends just in passing, but when I do come across them, we have a good time. It's great to, to know these folks. And then some people I've created very good relationships with. And, I, um, and I've enjoyed all this. But man, it is, it is gone by in, in just the blink of an eye. The, the whole thing has. I mean, it's funny now. It is, it is very uh, commonplace for me to come out to my studio and, and talk to the world. Eh, it pretty much reaches around the world. Maybe maybe not every country, but we're, we're out there. And I'm so appreciative of all of you that listen. And um, it's just, it's commonplace now, which, you know, in the beginning, I got like four downloads. And I still don't know who the hell those people are. One of them may have been me. I may have really only gotten three. I think it was only three. <laughs> But now, sometimes I take that for granted, you know? 
Now, the reason, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I call it the uh, Santana promotional uh, procedure. It is, uh, you know, Santana is an incredible guitarist, and he uh, didn't sing, uh, but he would always make these albums, these compilation albums of all these people singing on it. You know, the first one you thought of. You want to say Oye Comavar or something like that? Nope. You all just thought of the great Santana, Rob Thomas ballad, Smooth. You know you all just thought of that. At least all of us Generation Xers did. Um, so one of the things that I've loved is whenever I've connected one of you on Facebook and you've told your friends about it, the show really kind of grew leaps and bounds that way. You want to know one of the secrets to why the show got big fast? That's that's what happened. And then what I found is there's like an exponential growth. Once you hit like around 25, because out of the first five people, they don't know if this is worth the damn or not them doing and then some of them don't really have any followers. But once you hit 25, it's like in every 25 uh, block segment of interviews, it takes another huge leap. It's so it's so funny how that works. There you go. Chad's free advice on how to promote on the Internet. Take, take after Santana like I did. But that's one of the great things I love about it, too, because it helped us create a community. And I do. I love the emails that I get. Not all of them. But I do love the emails that I get. And this is this is great. But it's so funny how just so quickly it went from being, man, I hope some people are interested in this, to, man, I, I feel like I can't stop <laughs> stop it, even if people are threatening my job. I really did. I, I've, I've grown this, um, this familial feeling with this show and with those of you who listen to it. And it's just a part of me. And I appreciate it. I do think back to that time last year a lot, though, when when I kind of gave up on the show. If you don't know, I had some people. Uh, it was, it's just a long story. There's an episode about it. Uh, I had some people kind of a couple shots across the bow that were a little bit too close to home. I kind of felt some people were up to some nefarious stuff. Thought about it for a while, prayed about it for a while, talked to the wife about it for a little bit, made a decision. Nah, I'm not risking my job uh, and my family's uh, well-being because I've got people on here that that d don't like what I'm talking about. And not to get political, but it was a group of people that didn't like the fact that I had two conservative voices on my show that they disagreed with, they wanted to shout down, that whole cancel culture thing, whatever. I, I, I decided it was my own fault. I decided, okay, I'm folding. Then I decided I hated that, and I felt like I still wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, which has nothing to do with politics, but it is to bring these wonderful stories uh, to you. And so I decided to come back and I decided to stay away from politics. So the first person I brought back was uh, Janice Dean, the head weather person on Fox News, who has started the whole big deal with Cuomo. Nah, my hypocrisy knows no bounds. But I am, um, I am very thankful to be here with you all the time, or every week, or at least, <laughs> at least when I get around to it. I've talked about welding a family, the, the the show that I do truly believe in, that Maria and I are probably closer than you think of bringing that to you. I know that both of us have missed some aspects of that, and uh, I do miss that. But I'm glad I have this time with all of you. This isn't... This isn't easy. 
I don't I don't know. Um I'm I'm doing a check in my head real quick. I'm pretty sure unless I've missed something that everyone is who has done an episode of the local bar with me is still here amongst us. I believe they are. Okay, I'm doing a quick scan. All right. Yeah, I think I think I'm right. Some of the people we've talked about are not, but um I uh I I'm pretty sure that we are. However, I, I want you to realize something. Um your your plans that you have don't give you a guarantee. Why why am I talking about this? Um Okay, let's let's just just in the beginning get to the meat of this. Uh, about uh, a week or so ago, uh, a friend of mine and Maria's, uh, two two friends of ours and their kids uh, went down to Florida, and um, they were standing on the beach, and they were in about like ankle deep water, and holding hands, and their kids were running around, uh, five and two years old. Running around, picture perfect, picture perfect, easy for me to say, family vacation, and um, not a cloud in the sky. Well, one cloud in the sky, one cloud in the sky off off the beach, a good ways away, but a sunny day on the beach. Uh, our friend was uh, holding hands with his wife, and. Um, I'm going to say this and it still doesn't sound it still doesn't sound real. Um a bolt of lightning came from that cloud off to the side and struck him. It went through him and into his wife, luckily not touching the kids. It blew both of them back. She suffered uh major burns all over her body. Um he was unconscious. They did CPR. Got him to the hospital, hooked him up to machines, and um, he sadly passed away a few days later. From a bolt of lightning. On a sunny day on the beach. Um, He could have won the lottery four times over. I still don't understand it. His wife is doing fine. She come she's flying back home today from Florida. The kids are, are here. And um she lands sometime today and starts her life again. This time without her person. So let's get the funny stuff out of the way. People have, I've people that know about this have asked me, even just trying to comprehend. And I understand where the humor comes from because there there is something that when we're trying to make sense of this, we just can't do it. 
Uh, people will ask, wait, was he a, a nice guy? Like, he, yeah, God wasn't after him. Yeah, yes, he was a great guy. Brent was one of the nicest people. He had such a good heart. He's a wonderful, wonderful father, great husband, uh, led the uh, small group, like a Bible study group that, uh, that we do at our church. Down-to-earth guy, loved to question things, easy to talk to, loved basketball. Been involved in education for a long time. Just holding his wife's hand. Just holding his wife's hand, and I don't know if he knows or not what happened, but probably not. He was probably just holding his wife's hand, and then the next thing, his life was over. No saying goodbye. No contemplating what just happened. He was watching his kids play in the ocean while he held on to the love of his life's hands, and his life just ended like that. I remember when I was a kid, I had these, uh, these really good friends of mine. Um, their dad was younger than I am now. He, um, the kids did something. It was right around Father's Day. They did something. I don't know what they did. These, these two guys, they were always getting in trouble. Typical brothers. And they went running out the door, and he went running out after them. He was just mad as fire at them. They turned around and looked. He had fallen in the street. Died of a heart attack, just like that. Ralph Buchanan was uh, a man that uh, I've mentioned on this show. He's a guy that was very special to me. Ralph uh, and and his family were very close uh, with my family. Uh, but Ralph and I also had a personal relationship that I always appreciated. And... Um, this is the guy that taught me and my sister how to tie our shoes and ride a bike. He was supposed to be the guy that was there when uh, my dad died. One time when my dad had what we thought was a heart attack and was rushed to the hospital, uh, Ralph at that time lived uh, about an hour or so away from me. No. Ralph lived further away. Ralph lived in Alabama. Ralph lived like four or five hours away from me. And all of a sudden, the person coming into my English class to pick me up was Ralph. Oh, man, I knew it was over for my dad. It wasn't. He was fine. But that's who Ralph was. Honestly, let me tell you a little something else. Ralph was the glue that held pretty much all of our families together. Ralph, Ralph was the backbone that my dad needed it needed when he needed it when he was dealing with church issues and traveler's rest. Ralph was riding his bike one day in traveler's rest, his favorite place, riding on Paris Mountain, one of his favorite places to be in the world. Stopped and saw the kids uh, for the local high school marching band practicing while he was on his back bike ride. And then he collapsed, died of a heart attack. Right there. The blink of an eye.
So working in hospice, there's a lot of stuff that I've had to train my my head on. And I mean that when I say it. There, there was a lot, you know, I spent 12 years in hospice. I think uh, 13. God, too long. Uh, there's a thing that, that you have to do when you're going to talk with people about this. You have to retrain your brain because uh, of a couple of things. And, and if you're wondering how I got here, it was by talking with tons of case managers, tons of therapists, tons of counselors, and a lot of preachers from different faiths from all over the world. And a couple of things that I had to learn to train my brain about is what I can make sense of and what I can't. I probably should take more time to go into this, but for all of our sake, I'm not going to do that. But but let me tell you what, what I do know. One of the things that I had to learn was that I had to be okay with understanding how life works. For instance, it is a tragedy when a child has cancer. It is um, a tragedy when a grandmother gets some debilitating disease while her mind is still there and she has many more years to go. There are things that stink when we look at it, but I understand it. The human body is not built perfectly. There are imperfections and things are going to happen. There's no guarantee that cancer doesn't hit you before 20. A birth defect before you're born can change everything. I've had two ladies who were widowed at the age of 30. One of them's husband died right when he got to the end of the Savannah Marathon because there was an imperfection in his heart that he didn't know about. So I don't mean to sound harsh, but I get that. Like, I can understand that. Quite frankly, Tim and Ralph both having a heart attack is something that doesn't surprise me. They both like their their beer. I think Tim liked martinis. I remember him liking martinis. I may be wrong. Edie, you have to tell me. I, 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 I think he liked martinis. But uh, the healthiest lifestyle all the time. Ralph got into biking, but he's still. Also, when you look at his family history, it's just going to be there. So I understand that stuff. And I understand that you have to process that to move forward, Right? but I don't understand being struck by lightning on a sunny day. So why do I want to bring this up to you? Why do I want to talk about this kind of stuff on a day that I'm at episode 150 of my podcast that's been all about positive stories? I don't see this as a non-positive story. No, there's no but. I don't see this as a non, as a non-positive story. There's just something I I need to to say. Because while I've been dealing with Brent's death and trying to compartmentalize it where it's supposed to go, I've run into something. At the top of the show, I read the first part 
of a poem by Francis Thompson called The Hound of Heaven. Uh, it is about uh, a, a man looking at the way God chases him through his life. It is a very um, uncomfortable play to read if you are a faith-based person. If you're not, it's still very strange but interesting uh, as far as its perspective. Basically, what it's saying is that uh, God does not work the way you think he does. Uh, he is, in this, in the protagonist's case here, chasing him down, telling him the world is not going to play fair with him. That even though he's scared of looking forward at what God is and how he works, that everything else is going to betray him, no matter if he believes in him or not. Um, I came across that before in a weird way, in a, in a way where it just basically fell in my lap before I did the show. And I started thinking about it and taking it in a different perspective, uh, doing my show prep before I got started tonight. And yeah, it's a little weird to start a show with that, but I wanted to put it out there and put it at the very beginning in case somewhere after you're done with this, you can find it very easily to go back and listen to. Because one of the things I thought, and I took it in a different way, is that's probably, uh, it can probably be taken to show you, and, and even for you non-believers, that's fine, that the world is just not going to be fair with you. And you can't make it that way. And whatever's out there that is going to get you is going to get you. I think um, I think you probably do what I've done with Brent's death. I, I had a hard time with it. I will tell you, I found out about it. I was very sad, but but not overly emotional about it. As a matter of fact, my wife probably thought something was wrong with me for a little bit. That's partly how I deal with death. But about a week later, while we were on our camping trip, it it just suddenly it just suddenly it suddenly hit me. This guy just died holding his wife's hand. You know, I can understand car wrecks, I can understand planes, I can understand bodies and their imperfections or things that happen or maybe even bad decisions. I get all that. I understand that perfectly. I hate that my uncle, as great of a man as he is, died of COVID, but I understand it. I don't like it. I'm not comfortable with it, but I understand it. This one I don't. Suddenly, some of the text of that poem started rushing forward when I thought about that a little bit more. The feet that follow us d just don't stop. They are persistent, and they eventually, eventually will win. Everyone who has ever been on this show or ever listened to this show, including me, will one day not be here. And this show will be long, well, hopefully he'll still be around, but uh, everyone, we all are, are, are going to die one day. 
But one of the things I've started doing is is this. I, I started thinking about um, about the way we rationalize things and how it may hurt us. So uh, let me tell you this. For those of us that work in hospice, there's a thing we do where uh, I guarantee, I bet you out of all the places that you can work in in healthcare, hospice, they have the worst financials of that group. Everybody works in hospice. The, they do not watch their money. You want to know why? You get around death enough, you start going and buying all the things. Nope, I've always wanted that dress. I'm going to buy it. Always wanted that car. I'm going to buy it. Always want to go to Bermuda. We're going. What are we going to do about paying these taxes? Screw them. They can't find us when we're dead. That 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 it will overcome you. Out of all the businesses I've worked in, the heaviest drinkers are in hospice. It's just it's around you all the time. You've got to find ways to cope. Some days you do it in a healthy way. Yeah, some days you don't. There's no, there's no way around it. It's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not the best way to do it. The other thing that we do though is I think we try to start rationalizing things. Let me tell you a story. I don't talk about a lot because I'm so I'm very superstitious. I just knocked on the wood it's in the studio. Uh, I'm very superstitious. People that are close to me understand that. People that are very close to me know that I'm not joking. People that have to share their life with me get freaking annoyed by it. I understand that. I'm 44. It, it just ain't changing. Um, I have been, so um, once in Charlotte, where have they been? Once in Charlotte, once in Columbia, once in Denver. I've been on the plane, on the runway, uh, behind three planes that crashed on takeoff. Um, I, I, after the first one, I remember thinking to myself, thank God that happened because there's no way that uh, I'll ever be on one. There's no way I'm going to be this close and it's ever going to happen to me. And then after the second one, I got a little skeptical, but I thought, no, it just said it's happened twice. There's no way. And then it happened a third time. And then, by the way, if you know us really well, uh, when that plane almost crashed into our house back in the beginning of the year, yeah, I, I thought about that too. That maybe, maybe rationalizing things, it doesn't really matter. Here's the here's the thing. Life doesn't care about your ratios. Yeah, yeah, uh, the uh, rule of averages, it doesn't care about that. It will take things from you and take you whenever it wants. One of the things that I see um, happen a lot is people will do this and they'll think, uh, no, I, as well, it, this this sucks, this is terrible. Um, you know, I'm going to spend the rest of my life, uh, I'm going to dedicate it towards whatever this person's thing is they love doing. You wouldn't, you would be very saddened to see how many times or how many stories I have granted. I've been around death a lot more than most people, but still how many times I've heard people say that. And then they're gone within a year. It's, it's crazy. The whole thing about deaths coming in threes, ask anybody in hospice. We don't understand it, but we see it all the time. It's just nuts. 
You may have a friend right now that was diagnosed with cancer. Let's say this. I'm going to set, set the stage here for you. Let's say that you've got a friend who has beaten cancer before. Young, 45. Beaten it before. They now have it again. This time the doctor's telling them, I was giving you about a 25% chance last time. I'm giving you a 1% chance now. Get your affairs in order. This is going to happen. And you may look at that person and think, if we've got six months left, we're going to have the best six months we've ever had. And you feel really like you're going to be there for that person, and you know it. And you're going to walk them to that door. There is no guarantee of that. You could very easily die in a car wreck tomorrow. You could have a heart attack running around with your kids. There is no guarantee that this stuff is going to wait for you. By stuff, I mean life. Well, that sounds really positive, Chad. Yes, it is positive. Because I want to wrap this back up this way. All that crap you want to do, go do it. All those emails or letters you wanted to write an apology, write them. That friend you wanted to call, call them. See, because we talk about it all the time. This stuff, this stuff, every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. It can be over in an instant. And we see other people die. And we think, see, that's why you need to do this stuff today. No, I'm telling you, there's no guarantee for you. You have to understand that what you're looking at could very easily be you in five minutes. Someone listening to this show is not with us anymore. There are people who have listened out of 11,000 listeners a week. I guarantee you there are plenty of people that started out listening to this show that won't ever hear another word of it. And some of them it was a surprise. I actually know personally that that's true. It's so easy to look at other people, see what they're going through, and think it's a reminder for you to make the most out of the rest of this life that you've got. And what I'm telling you is there's not a damn minute that's guaranteed, not a single one. So if the first part of that saying it's all a gift. It could be over in a blink of an eye. It doesn't get you going. Please understand that not a single one of you is born with a guarantee that you're going to get to any age, be able to do anything, or see any event that you want. If you do, you're very, very lucky. I'm not going to get political about this, but for a guy that works in healthcare and all the stuff I see about COVID deaths, I only wish you people knew how that compares to um, things like heart disease or cancer. When you look at the COVID numbers, understand we shouldn't have them. We should find a way to get through this. Absolutely, I agree with you. But I want you to know, it's not the number one killer in the world. It's nowhere close. 
There are people dying of other stuff every day. There are people dying of things that aren't virus-related. Accidents. There are people dying of extremely cruel measures where someone is in a shootout in freaking Chicago. I don't know why they can't do anything in Chicago. In Chicago, and bystanders are hit and killed. Same thing in Philadelphia. I don't know if you know this. There's been tons of shootings in Philadelphia. We're not reporting them. I don't know why. Y'all, life, life's not going to wait for you. And you may not get this grandiose exit that you think you're going to where you're laying down with your family all on your bedside and they're talking to you and they get to say those last words and you get to look at them and say, oh, Papa loves you. And then you go away. Conversely, my grandfather died that way and he hated it. (laughs) Cancer is a mean, mean disease. If you do, God bless you. But we probably won't. Y'all, life is worth living every moment. I think in the past year, we've we've kind of taken um, some credit away from that. I, I think we've stopped really looking at w- what life is really worth doing. Now, I'm also not saying... Go and blow everything you have. Remember, yeah, I was in hospice. I'm telling you, it's taken me about a year to get my finances freaking together, you know, post-divorce, but also post-hospice. It's it's just, it's hard to overcome that. It reminds me, I love The Golden Girls, one of my favorite shows ever. There's this moment where um, where um, this guy, Miles, is uh, Rose's boyfriend, Betty White. Rose's boyfriend. And he's 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 notoriously cheap, but he's gotten a lot worse. And he won't take Rose out to nice dinners. He won't do anything. So she finally confronts him on it and says that, you know, he doesn't need to worry about money, but why is he making it such a big deal? And why is his anxiety through the roof about it? And he says, I went to the doctor and I got some horrible news. And she's like, oh, my God, what is it? So the doctor said I could live to be 100. And she said, Miles, that's great. What are you talking about? He says, I'm only budgeted to live to 85. It's a great joke. It's a great joke, but it's an understandable one. You, you got to be smart because if you do, if you do long, live long enough to have your family around your bed, you better make sure you got a little spare change to give people. But but most of us don't, and and truth truthfully, none of us are ever going to know. So why risk it? What are those things you've wanted to do? Those classes you've wanted to take, that time you've wanted to make for your family. Where is that? Man, I'll be open with you. I'll be I'll be flat out open with you. My wife and I are very thankful for the job that I have right now. It's a good job. I get to work with a good company. It's a very good career path in front of it. I'm doing a pretty good job there. Got a great team, good people around me. It's a, it's a really good situation. I commute an hour and 15 uh, each way. So two and a half hours a day, you're talking I work an extra day every week in driving, okay? It cuts into time. I'm worried about the time that I'm getting with my daughter. I don't think I'm getting as much uh, as I used to. I feel like there's a little bit of a pull. 
But times are tough for a lot of people. And in the medical industry, if anybody, yeah, I'm not saying anybody wants to shut anything down, but I will tell you, you work at a hospital, you get to keep your job. But man, I'm telling you, you don't know how many times I've been on that road home and thought about the time that I'm missing out. And you don't know about the times I've had a couple scary incidents on the road that I've thought, not today, but it could have been. Don't tell my wife about that part. Y'all, there are some things we just have to weigh. And when it's all said and done, how happy are you? How proud are you in the job that you did? Do you wish you had done more with your church? Do you feel like you should have gotten closer to whatever deity you feel like you serve? Did you not put that record out that you always wanted to do? Did you not learn to play that instrument you always wish you had? I'm not saying you got to be successful. I'm just saying you got to freaking try. And really, what you got to do is after you fail, try again. Then after you fail, try again. Then after you fail, try again. That's for another show. I'm just wanting you to take one step forward. Those art classes you kept thinking you couldn't take. How about, you know, one of my favorite things is listening to adults, people that have had children or have children that may still be in school. But listening to them talk about, well, I just don't have the time or the money. You don't? Remember back when you were like, oh, I don't know, 22, just married. You got a ton of bills and student debt to your name. But you still figured out a way to have a baby, to like bring a child into this world. You know, when you sat there and you thought about it, you're like, there's no freaking way I can have a kid. You figured out a way to do it, didn't you? It's one of the most life-changing financially, time-wise sanity wise certainly sleep wise thing that we do as human beings but after you've done it it ain't no big deal hell some people just don't ever stop doing it go look at the catholics they they almost make a hobby out of this crap people don't ever think about that after they've had kids but oh my god going to the community uh the 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 uh oh shit the uh the local Community college and signing up for an art class that meets once a week for an hour. Oh, there ain't no way in hell I can find the $20 to do that, Chad. (laughs) There's no guarantee. I was afraid of having a kid. Had one and realized it was the easiest thing in the world. Well, when you don't give birth to it, it wasn't easy. One of the most natural struggles in the world. Something I knew nothing about, but I understood every step of it. Crazy. I Don't get me wrong. I got a list of things, too. But I can't get Brent off my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, in the blink of an eye, it can be over. It can happen to you in five minutes. Don't live your life scared. Live it to the fullest you can each and every day. I don't know who came up with the quote. It's one of my favorites. You know, I've heard 
Mark Twain, Hemingway, Einstein. I don't know. But somebody came up with it. And it's uh, never give up on today being, uh, I'm going to paraphrase, uh, make sure that each day has the possibility, no, 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 never forget that each day, that is it, has the possibility of being the greatest day of your life. Why would you ever live any different? It could be the next to last day. Wouldn't that be a great way? Wouldn't that be a great way to go out? I don't mean to scare you, but I want you to understand the truth. This is going to happen one day. We, we, we put it off to the side like we can plan it. Like our retirement is going to take care of when we die. Ladies and gentlemen, the amount of money you have means nothing. To, oh, oh, people will talk about, well, when you have all this medicine at your disposal. Let me, let me tell you something. All that, throw that out the window. When your body is ready to do what it does, whether take your body or take your brain from you or both, I'm going to tell you it's going to do it. And it's going to do it. It does not matter how much money you got. When an accident is going to happen, it matters nothing what your bank account says. I don't, I don't know how Brent's wife feels. I'm sure uh, because she's, she's, she does something in tax audits, funds, money. She does something smart. And I'm sure that she and Brent uh, were very set up and they probably have life insurance and they, they have all that stuff. All that stuff that probably right now is meaningless to her. Oh, I'm, I'm sure she's going to be okay and there's still some mountains to climb when that comes uh, when, when those things come up but uh, she is probably we should probably pay all that back 50 times over it's smart to make those plans we should just in case but it's that time it's those things we do those trips we don't take those moments we don't share There's people we don't spend time with. There's people we don't go check on. There's people we just don't say I'm sorry to. The blink of an eye. It can all be over. Don't miss, don't miss out on your shot. Don't miss out on your point to do the things you love for the people you love. Don't miss your chance to enjoy every day of this life, no matter what the world is throwing at you. It will come. It's going to come. But enjoy every up and every down because one day they won't be there anymore. Thank you for 150 shows. Thank you for your positive stories. Let's go make a bunch more of them. 
Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. So 